Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, as th- well, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, it's an honor to have you to join with us. And we want to go ahead and encourage you to click those share buttons and share today's message with your friends. Today, we're in part four of a five-part series that we're calling Love Lock. And really what we're doing is we're really encouraging couples, those who are desiring to potentially be married one day, to really think about five specific questions. Really, they're in the form of conversations because we're encouraging every couple to really set aside some time and really engage in five specific conversations that I believe will really help you create a really just this unbreakable bond in your marriage, but also help you create and build the lasting legacy that I think we all desire to have. And so there are some specific questions that we've been introducing. The first week, we talked about the beliefs question, and the beliefs question goes like this. What and who serves as the source of your belief? And that's an important question, and it's really foundational to so much that we've been talking about. Week two, we talked about the values question. And that is really, who do you want to become as a couple? And then week three, we talked about the security question. And I had my lovely wife, Michelle, of over 30 years join me as we kind of co-taught last week's message. And that was really dealing with this question. And that is, what will we say and how how will we act towards each other that gives emotional security to our marriage? And let me just say, if you happen to have missed... Any of those previous weeks, you can always go to our uh, uh, go to our podcast there at Rethink Life, or you can go to our YouTube channel there at Rethink Life and pick up those messages and watch and listen to those. But today, as we continue this series, I really want to introduce to you another question, and this is an important conversation that I really do believe that every young couple who maybe is newly married. Maybe especially any couple who's even thinking about marriage, who is maybe in a relationship with someone, but even those who've been married for quite some time, regardless of your situation, here is the question and the conversation that really needs to be had. And I really tie this to what I refer to as the life work question, but it really does have to deal with our expectations that we have with each other as it relates to our life work. What career paths are worthy of our time and energy that don't conflict with our beliefs, values, and emotional needs? Now, that's a big question, and it's also a huge conversation that couples need to have. And let me tell you the reason why. I've been in ministry for over 30 years. I've literally sat down and I've talked through and I've worked through with countless couples and even those who were thinking about getting married, I've talked to them and I have walked through some very pointed questions and it's always amazing to me how this issue of work life in terms of expectations seems to create a little bit of conflict if they're not on the same page. And this is the reason why this truly is such an important question. In fact, one third, studies show, 
one-third, that's approximately 30% of your entire life will be spent at work. To put that in the form of hours, that is over 90,000 hours of your life will be spent at work or doing some form of work through your career. Now think about that for just a moment. Well, no wonder Business Insider released some results from a survey that Monsters.com released. And get this, this is relevant. I'm talking about this summer of 2021, Monsters.com through a national study and survey that they did. Here's what they discovered. They discovered that 95% of U.S. workers were thinking about quitting their jobs. You know what the number one reason was? Burnout. Now think about that. I don't know of anything that perhaps has impacted us more when it comes to the physical, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and obviously the financial and the relational repercussions that the pandemic has had on so many people's lives. As a matter of fact, what's interesting is that when you think about the the, the challenge that so many couples and individuals are facing right now is, is really just that struggle, when I, what, what I refer to as kind of the work-home balance. And I, I just really believe that when it comes to the expectations that a husband and a wife can have when it comes to this issue of work and the amount of time that is spent at work, the necessity of work, or the lack thereof, when it comes to just the, the current market and the challenges that we're facing right now because of the high unemployment rate and the ripple effect that's having on the shortage of employees and the challenge that employers are having even keeping work and getting work. I mean, the, we are facing some incredible, incredible times. But with that, it creates a lot of added stress on a marriage relationship. As a matter of fact, Dave Ramsey says that money is the number one issue that married couples fight about and it's consistently a leading cause of divorce. So it's one thing to have a meaningful job, but it's another thing to have a meaningful marriage and family. And that's really what I want to talk about for a few moments today because I really do believe that it is possible to have what I refer to as the double win. In other words, I believe it is possible for you to thrive at work and also believe it's possible for you to thrive at home if, and that's a big if, you do it God's way. Here's what the book of Philippians teaches us. Paul the Apostle, many of you may or may not know a little bit of the context here, but the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a group of people living in a place called Philippi. It's a little city out there, uh, there in Greece. And what's interesting, Paul was in prison. And so he's writing this letter. Word had gotten back to him from a friend there from the church in Philippi that the Apostle Paul helped establish. And when this messenger communicated to Paul some of the challenges that were going on there in this place known as Philippi, specifically as related to the church, well, it really broke Paul's heart. So therefore, Paul wrote this letter to the group of believers there at the church of Philippi, and here's what he said. He said, so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart and one passion and united in one love. And then he said, walk together with one harmonious purpose 
and you will fulfill my heart with unbounded joy. Now, the reason why the Apostle Paul wanted to challenge them with that specific truth was simply because the people, the believers there at the church of Philippi were experiencing threats from the outside as well as threats on the inside. You see, they were experiencing threats from the outside because of false teachers who were trying to make their way into the church. At the same time, they were experiencing threats on the inside because of the division, the the difference of opinions related to what they were doing and how they were doing it. And so as a result, once again, there were threats on the outside, there were threats on the inside. When you think about it, our life work can do the same because there are all kinds of situations and circumstances. In other words, there are threats on the outside that in many ways that are beyond our control. We can't control what happens with the economy. We can't control what happens in the White House. We can't control when it comes to you know, the unemployment you know, challenges in our country or the inflation challenges in our country, and the list goes on and on. We can't control a lot of things as citizens. But here's the thing. One of the things that we can control is what's going on on the inside. Just because something is threatening us and working against us on the outside that is challenging our lives and challenging our marriages and challenging our relationships, we don't have to allow it to impact us on the inside. Because if we're doing marriage God's way, if we're, we're truly taking this question, this conversation that we're proposing today in terms of what the expectations are and how we approach our life work, well, again, once again, I do believe it is possible for us to experience the, the double win where we can thrive at home and we can also thrive when it comes to our work. Now, here's the thing. The only way that we can do that is just like the people there in Philippi that Paul challenged them, challenged them with, and that was to experience the oneness that we have in Christ. And that's the exact same thing that a husband and a wife must do. They must come together and experience spiritual oneness in Christ the way God intended. In fact, in Genesis 2, verse 24, what is the original plan of God's design for marriage say? Well, in verse 24 in Genesis 2, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So when it comes to the challenges or the threats, when it comes to our work and our career, and how that has a profound effect on our marriage relationships and our family. I believe there are three things that we need to think about when it comes to experiencing oneness in our marriage relationship the way God intended. And the first is this, and that is oneness in perspective. I think this is so important because I think for many people, and I know I'll be safe to say I can speak on behalf of most men, most men have a tendency to attach their identity to their work. It's just the way it is. But here's something that I want to challenge every person, male or female, that's watching today. And whether you're single, whether you're married, this is so vitally important. Listen, your identity and your worth is not found in your work. 
No, your identity is found in who you are in Jesus Christ. I just really believe that that many people put way too much emphasis on their career or their job when it comes to their worth or their identity. But here's the thing. Your job or your career may be what you do, but it's not who you are if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ. You see, what you do for your line of work It might be a doctor. It might be a school teacher. Listen, it may be an electrician. You may even be an entrepreneur. But who you are is a son or a daughter of the king. Who you are is first a man or a woman of God. Who you are is a godly husband or a godly wife. Who you are is a godly mom or a godly dad. And the only way that we can have true fulfillment and true purpose and true meaning and true joy and happiness in life is not from the outside, it's from the inside. And ultimately, who we are in Christ Jesus because our worth, our identity, our value has already been given to us by Almighty God. And so today, you need to be reminded once again of what we talked about during week one because it's all about our beliefs. And our beliefs, listen, they determine our behavior. And our beliefs ultimately determine our values. And our values, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment, even determine our priorities and the choices that we make in life. And that's the reason why we need to always make sure that our beliefs, what we truly believe in our heart, are consistent, that they are in alignment with the truth of God's Word. So with all that said, it's not a matter of really, you know, if hard times are going to come in your marriage when it comes to things that are happening at the workplace, the stress load, if you will, that is brought maybe from work into your marriage. Maybe it's the extra hours where it's just the, the hardships or the trials or the setbacks. Listen, all of those things, those setbacks, all of those struggles can carry a lot of stress into your marriage relationship. And I think if we're not careful, we can allow the threats from the outside to have a profound effect on the inside when it comes to our family or our marriage relationship. And that's why James verses two, James 1 verses 2 through 4 says it this way, My fellow brothers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, Notice, see it, that's our perspective, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can have. For you know that when your faith is tested, and some of you are, listen, you're experiencing it right now. Some of you, you are, your faith is being tested. You've lost your job. You haven't had a job maybe in or work of any kind or any kind of income maybe in months. You've tried. You've been knocking on doors. You've been sending out resumes. Nothing has turned out as a result. You, listen, your faith is being tested. But when your faith is tested, notice what it does. It stirs up in you the power of endurance. In other words, it gives you staying power. It gives you what you need to go the distance, to keep on fighting, to keep on moving forward. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing 
lacking. I love that. And whether it's work challenges, whether it's financial challenges, listen, whatever setbacks or challenges that may come against you, whatever threats on the outside that you're feeling right now, here's, here's the thing that I truly believe. Those things can either break you down or you can experience a breakthrough if you'll let it. And I just believe every one of us here today, we need to keep that oneness of perspective so that when we remember why we got married in the first place, and some of you, if you're married, you know you stood across your spouse on that wedding day, and what did you do? You exchanged your vows, and prayerfully, you had a, you did have a, a, a Christ-centered marriage, and um, hopefully you had a, a minister that shared with you the truth of God's Word and those vows. But can I just say, most couples will stand across from one another. What do they do? Well, they exchange their vows and they enter into a covenant relationship with God and with each other. And here's what they are often encouraged or, or challenged to do, and that is to repeat after the minister these words, and that is they're committing to for better or for worse, for sickness or in health, for richer or for poor, through adversity and prosperity. Remember those vows? You remember that, that covenant, that commitment that you made before God and before your spouse? Well, you just need to be remembered and reminded today that the oneness when it comes to the perspective that we have, listen, we need to lean on one another. We need to encourage one another. Listen, we need to support one another as a husband and wife rather than pointing our finger and blaming and condemning and criticizing and speaking down. We need to speak life. We need to speak hope. We need to speak encouragement. And we need to, we need to reaffirm our love and our support. And we need to help our spouse know that, hey, we believe in you. You have what it takes. Listen, you're not defined by what you do. You're defined by who you are, who God made you to be. I love what Jesus reminded his disciples just before he ascended into heaven. Some of his final words that he left with his disciples in John 16, verse 33. What did Jesus say? He said, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. And here's the reason why. Here on earth, hey, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. But what did he say? He said, take heart because I have overcome the world. So you just need to encourage one another Listen, in your marriage relationship, and for those of you maybe who are new in your marriage or thinking about marriage, you got to have oneness when it comes to the perspective that you have because there are going to be threats on the outside that will come against you. But regardless of what those threats look like, don't allow them to disrupt what's going on on the inside. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, because Jesus Christ arose from the grave. Listen, because He overcame, we too can overcome and rise above the setbacks, the threats, the challenges, and the hardships that come against our marriage relationships. The second thing that's so important when it comes to this expectations question, not only do we need to have oneness when it comes to the perspective that we have, but we also need to have oneness in our priorities. In other words, good intentions don't always guarantee good results. And here's the question I have for you. Is there a gap 
between your priorities, in other words, what you say is important, what you say, you know, you're, you, you value, and is there a gap between your priorities and your commitments? In other words, what you actually do. Repeat that. Is there a gap between your priorities and your commitments? A number of years ago when we were in, uh, in Dallas visiting our family during the Christmas holidays, we were actually, my wife Michelle and I and our kids, we were staying with one of Michelle's sisters. And she happened to have a two-bedroom uh, house. And so uh, after the Christmas break, it was time for us to leave Dallas and fly back to Orlando. And we caught, you know, we, we ended up booking one of those super early morning flights. I have no idea why we did it, but it was one of those really early morning flights. And so we had to get up like at the crack of dawn. And so we told the kids the night before, listen, go ahead and pack up all of your suitcases. I want to have everything sitting out, ready to go. So early in the morning, all I got to do is pick up the suitcases and just load them up. And we get in the car and we can go. Well, the very next morning, the alarm you know, goes off. I don't know, it was probably like 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so I went ahead, I got up, and I started carrying these massive you know, suitcases that weighed a ton. And my sister-in-law, she had, at the time, like a winding staircase. And it was, what was interesting is that her, her uh, floors, kind of like the little landing areas, the treads on the staircase, they were, they were carpeted. But she had wood floors there in the entryway. What I didn't realize at 4 o'clock in the morning in outer darkness was that the very last tread, the very last step, happened to also be wood. It was a wood surface that just blended in with the rest of the wood floors. But at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm in a pair of shorts, no shirt, no shoes. I'm having two massive suitcases in my hand and I'm walking down those stairs. And when I went to take that final step, which I thought was going to be landing on the main surface of the entryway, well, guess what? There was still another step to be taken, but I didn't realize it. And all of a sudden I did this massive step that ended up being like the splits on the floor. Suitcases went flying and I am screaming at the top of my voice. I was in so much pain. I actually ended up landing what I thought was on my big toe and still to this day I think I broke it because my big toe kind of has like a dog leg left to it. But anyway, I was in excruciating pain. And what happened that morning? What happened was I misjudged the distance between the final step and the main floor. Now think that's exactly what happens with a lot of well-intended parents and a lot of well-intended couples when it comes to their marriage and their family. They misjudge the distance between what they say is important to them and what they actually do. They misjudge the distance between their priorities and their commitments. And that is the reason why I think Jesus made this statement in Matthew 6, verse 33. And I love how the Passion Translation captures it. He said, so above all. So let me just say, anytime the Bible says, so above all, that simply means, hey, it's extremely important, okay? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom. Some translations say, seek first. So above all, seek first, constantly seek God's kingdom and His righteousness then all these less important things 
will be given to you abundantly. In other words, God wants to be first in your marriage. He doesn't want to be the leftover. He doesn't want to be an afterthought. No, He wants to be first in your life. He wants to be first in your marriage. He wants to be first in every relationship in your family. Listen, He wants to be first. He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to pursue Him. He wants us to follow Him first above anything else and become like Him. And when we do that, all these other things in life, God says, I'll take care of them. They will fall into place. And the reason why that's so important is because I really believe it's God's way of trying to help us build margin into our lives, build margin into our marriage. Let me tell you something. If you don't build margin into your marriage relationship, you know what you're going to have as a result? Consequently, you're going to have what I call marriage mayhem. So you can either have margin or you can have mayhem. And the problem is, and sadly and unfortunately, in today's culture, a lot of couples and a lot of families They have too much mayhem in their marriage and mayhem in their family. And the reason why is because they have put above all, all the other things in life, and they've put God on the back burner. God is an afterthought. He's a leftover as opposed to a first and most important priority in their lives. And so what are the best things that we can do when it comes to building margin. How can we do that? Well, here's how we do it. We make God's priorities our priorities. Do you know the word priorities? You may not have ever thought about this. In fact, when you write it out, you ought to write it out this way. The word priorities, keep in mind, has the word prior in it. What does that mean? The word prior means advanced decision making. So in other words, we're making decisions prior. In other words, we're establishing our values and we're establishing our priorities prior to all of the other things that are going to be coming at us. Because if we're not careful, if we are not prioritizing, in other words, if we're not doing that advanced decision making of what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to, then here's what happens. The little itties and the word priorities come before the priorities. So here's the problem. The little itties can get in the way, can actually sabotage us, and can fill up our calendars quicker than we could possibly ever imagine. So here's what ends up happening. A lot of couples and a lot of families end up saying yes to all the good things rather than saying yes to the best things. You see, a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. And that's the reason why we've got to know what those non-negotiable values are going to be because trust me, your values will determine your priorities. But at the end of the day, you got to know what you're going to say no to and what you're going to say yes to. And I would encourage you today, say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. So with that, Proverbs 3, verse 6 says it this way, In everything you do, put God first, and He will direct you, and He will crown your efforts with success. So let's just break this down, okay? Can I just get real with it? Can I just challenge you for just a moment? How do you put Jesus first in your marriage relationship or in your family? How do you put God first in this area of your life? 
Well, let me just give you a couple practical ways. Number one, you just need to spend time with God individually every day. And I encourage you to share what God is doing in your life on an individual basis with your spouse. In other words, that may be sharing a devotional together. maybe sharing a verse together. It might be just verbally talking, maybe over coffee, over a meal, or maybe you can send a text to each other throughout the day saying, hey, I just read this, or I was thinking about this today. And you, What are you doing? You're, you are having spiritual conversation. You're putting God first in your life, and you're putting God first in your marriage. And what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, what you're doing is you're strengthening and you're encouraging and you're supporting each other spiritually. You're growing together spiritually. And I encourage you to pray for one another. Pray with each other. Another thing you need to do is you need to honor God with the tithe. I know for a lot of couples, this is a tough one to swallow. And I'll be honest with you, Michelle and I, early in our marriage, we struggle with this one. She was a big tither and I was a big tipper. <laughs> what I meant by that is like, I didn't think we could afford to give a tithe because the tithe actually means 10%. And I told my wife, Michelle, I said, we can't afford to give. And she looked at me, she said, we can't afford not to give. And she tried to help me understand the importance as a couple from the very beginning that if we wanted God's favor, we wanted God's provision, we wanted God's protection in our lives, over our marriage, over our home, over our children, over our careers, over our future, then we needed to put God first, specifically in our finances. And I'm here to tell you as living proof, we've been tithing now for goodness gracious, for nearly 30 years. And as a result of us putting God first in our finances, I'm here to tell you, we've seen time and time and time again, God's blessings, God's favor, His protection, His provision in countless ways. In our lives, the doors of opportunity He's opened for the way He's provided, for the way He's blessed our kids. I'm here to tell you, beyond words we can say, that God is, listen, He is true to His promises. God is who He says He is, and He will do what He promises He will do. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God says, If you don't believe me, you try me, put me to the test. It's the only place in the entire Bible where God says, let, let me prove it to you that I will take care of you and I will provide for your every need. Couples, listen to me. I challenge you. Those of you who are thinking about marriage, I challenge you. Put God first in your finances. Honor God with the tithe and watch what He will do in your life. Listen, you need to engage in corporate worship. In other words, do not neglect going to church. I know that some of you are watching online and man, that's awesome. I'm so thankful for technology. But here's the thing, and I realize some of you that are watching due to circumstances, health-related challenges, you can't physically go to church and be around people. We understand. We're standing with you. We're praying for you. And we're so honored to have you be a part of our online campus. Thank God for online line opportunities like this and the ability to broadcast what we're doing. 
And we're going to be going live here soon, and we're going to be broadcasting from Lake Nona High School. And I'm so thankful because of your generosity, those of you who have given, we've been able to purchase the needed equipment. We're just waiting for it to be arrived, to, to arrive. But once it arrives, we're going to start broadcasting live from Lake Nona High School, and it's going to be a game changer. We're so excited. But regardless of whether you're watching online, I still encourage you, stay connected. It's so important that you connect in your relationships with other couples and have a spiritual family. If you can do that in small groups, you need a small group of people. I'm in a small group right now. My wife, Michelle, is in a small group. She's leading a small group. And one of the cool things about it is you draw support and encouragement and you receive accountability from one another. Guys, listen, I just can't tell you how important these things are. It's all about putting God first in your life. These things just don't happen. You have to be intentional. And like we talked about last week, last week, listen, the last thing I would challenge you to do as a couple, listen, work on your togetherness. Prioritize those date nights. Prioritize doing things that allows you to work on your togetherness. Listen, when you live well, you're able to finish well. And we're going to be talking about that more next week as we close out our series as we talk about the legacy question. The third thing that we can do to build oneness in our marriage relationship when it comes to fulfilling that, that expectation question to, 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 to our work life on how we can experience and achieve that double win where we, where we are actually thriving in our work and we're thriving at home, well, we have to not only be one in our perspective and one in our priorities, but we got to be one in our purpose. I love what Amos 3.3 says. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And I think as a husband and wife, that's so important. What is your purpose? What's your purpose for your marriage? In other words, it's kind of like this. What is your vision? Where do you, where do you see yourselves Five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, where do you see the direction of your life, the direction of your marriage, and the direction of your family? Listen, when we lose our why, we lose our way. And I just, I just believe it's important that couples sit down and we talk about the bigger picture we talk about the greater vision. We talk about the greater purpose of not just who we want to become, but more importantly, this is how we're going to move in that direction. God wants us to be unified in that experience. I love what uh, Rick Warren once said in his book called The Purpose Driven Life, one of the most successful books of all time. He said these words. He said, we were made for God and we were made by God. And until we understand that, life will never, ever make sense. And I think it's important that as a couple, that we understand that we are made to make a difference. We're made to make a difference in our lives, in our marriages, in our, in our family life, in our children. And in fact, here's what the Bible says in in Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 6. I love this. It says, You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. I love that because we've already talked about that. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father 
of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and everything you think and do is permeated with oneness. So as we wrap up our time together, once again, here's the overarching question of the day. Here's the conversation that every couple must have. I believe to have an unbreakable bond in their relationship. What career paths are worthy of our time and energy that don't conflict with our beliefs, our values, and emotional needs? How do we fulfill those expectations? Well, we have to do what God's original purpose says that we should do, and that is to leave and to cleave. Two unique individuals that God made and created coming together as one, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Listen, God created us so that we could have that kind of oneness and unity in our relationship where we experience oneness in our perspective, oneness in our priorities, and oneness in our purpose. You know why all that's so important? Because God wants our oneness to be a witness to a world that's living in darkness. Let me repeat that. God wants our oneness, and if you're married, God wants your oneness in your marriage to be a witness to a world that's living in darkness. Can you imagine if you go to your workplace, you know, tomorrow, Monday, if you're watching this on Sunday, can you imagine, you know, if, if we take a completely different perspective when it comes to our line of work that God has called us to, and regardless of what that is, regardless of what kind of work you do, what if we approached our work and saw our work more than just a paycheck, even though that's important. But what if we saw it as a platform for us to shine God's light to a world that's in darkness? What if we used our work as a way to witness, to be, listen, to be a, 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 to be a pillar of salt and light where our example of what we do and how we do it is all done for the glory of God. I just believe that's a part of God's plan. And when God's people, and specifically when husbands and wives come together in that kind of oneness and we do marriage God's way, man, I'm telling you, God will use our, He'll use our, our marriage and He'll use our oneness to be a profound witness and impact to a world that's watching. Would you join me in a word of prayer as we bow our heads together for just a moment? I just want to say that you know, I realize that there are a lot of different folks in different situations and circumstances, seasons that are watching today. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you know him as your savior, but maybe you're going through some difficult times and maybe those difficulties have created some, some stress in your life and maybe that stress has carried over into your marriage and maybe you just have not, unfortunately, been able to um, overcome some of the setbacks and challenges. Can I just encourage you today, once again, to speak life into each other, to encourage one another, and can I just encourage you to set aside some time and pray together. If you're married, get together as a husband and wife. You may be a single parent, you know what, and you're carrying the, the weight and the load of, 
and a tremendous amount of responsibility and you feel overwhelmed just by all of the things that's resting on you. Can I just encourage you today? You're not alone. I just want to encourage you today because if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a church family that, that loves you, that's there to support you, that's your family. And we just want to be here for you. We want to pray with you and encourage you. We want to support you. I know that many of you have a lot of different dynamics going on right now. But just remember that because Jesus overcame, we too can overcome the challenges that we face. If you're here today and you know what? You don't know Christ and maybe that's a missing piece. Maybe that's the gap right now between you and God is just not knowing His Son, Jesus. Can I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart? Just say something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I turn from my sin. And today I believe that Jesus died and He arose again. And by faith, I invite Jesus into my life to forgive me and to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a huge favor? Would you just click there? If you're watching on our website, just click the little button that says, I decided, or click those words, I decided in the chat. We want to send you a little booklet called Rethinking Life Every Day. And it will help you in your new journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. We can't wait to see you next week for the final question. We're calling it the legacy question of this series called Love Lock. We'll see you then. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.